Good morning, my name is Brandon. And I'm Miranda. And we just want to say thank you and welcome um, to our morning service today. I started coming to Family Grace in the summer of 2013 when I was an intern with the Chasers program. What we did was we went out into the different communities around Alexandria and started building relationships with the children and families in those areas. I started coming to Family Grace about two and a half years ago. Um, it's just been a fun experience for me. Um, I feel like I'm a part of a family. Um, they don't care if you're a college kid, if you're 90 years old, you're going to be treated the same. And that's with love. Um, the worship is, is awesome and it's authentic. And it's just, it's just a fun place for me and my friends to come and, and worship and um, feel God's presence. We still attend Family of Grace because we feel like it is the only church that we could find that would accept us for who we are and that we feel comfortable going to. I agree. With that being said, we hope you enjoy the sermon. And we hope that you will join us in person at our 9 and 10.30 services on Sunday mornings. See you there. What an interesting dynamic. Our background passage for this sermon series comes out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 15, where it says, Truth is missing, people turn away from it. And God was offended. In verse 16, it says, And God saw there was no man, and he was amazed that there was no one interceding, so his own arm brought down salvation, and his own righteousness supported it. Man, as we connect these dots and we look at that, last week we looked at the sermon that dealt with that, dealing with the barrier, and how there was a, a barrier in Isaiah 59, 1 through 2, it says it's not that God's hand was too sharp, that he couldn't reach down and save us, not that his ear was too dull that he couldn't hear us, but there was a barrier between us and him. Later in that passage was a scripture that we just read where God says he looked for somebody to take down the barrier, looked for somebody to remove the wall of separation, but there was no one. So with his own arm, he did it. With his own arm, he did it. Matter of fact, as we gathered here today, we look around our stage and we have all these wonderful presents. Man, I can remember as a child growing up, it just seemed like that was the coolest thing in the world to watch the Christmas tree fill up underneath it with all these presents. I remember it as a boy. Uh, now, you know, the way you look at gifts as a boy and an adult are, are two separate things. As a, as a young boy, it didn't matter how pretty they were. Uh, it didn't matter how great the package was. Matter of fact, the more bows that there were, the more frustrating it was for you as a young child. It was a greater task to get in the present. As we look around this, this is symbolism of, what's happening around our world, around our homes, and it so many times becomes about what, what gift do I get? The, the overwhelming thought uh, today in the Christmas season is, what in the world am I going to get this person? You know, we, uh, my, my siblings, we're all older now, so we just draw names. And uh, man, we all, there's a couple of siblings that are hard. What do you get those dudes? We had the conversation yesterday. And, you know, we're like, do you want to trade? My, my sister called, want to know what to get my brother. I said, I'll trade if you'll take my brother-in-law. Amen. Uh, nothing against him. He's just, what do you get the guy? And that seems to be the captivating thought of the Christmas season. When the captivating thought of the Christmas season ought to really be the greatest gift of all the world. And that in, in those 
packages, there was, these, there was a barrier. There was a barrier between us and God. And in that greatest package was the gift of Jesus Christ. As a boy, the gift that I'd always go for the first was the largest one. Amen. Now, just rewind and back it up a little bit with us. Uh, the, the biggest gift, when it went under the tree, we always wanted to see whose name was on it. Because bigger as a boy always meant better. Now, as an adult, we've come to, alert, to learn that bigger doesn't mean better. Small can mean better, amen? And, we, you know, but it's this, it, the, the thing that we get caught up in is the captivating of the, the gifts. The gifts. And so as we begin to connect those dots, I don't want you to lose that. Because it is about the gift. The greatest gift of all times. The birth of our son of God's son, Jesus. In, the, in your Bible, it says this in the book of Luke. It, it's, 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 it's a passage for where we were, and I've just been thinking about this phrase all week. In the King James, it said, For unto you is born this day. For unto you. A lot of the more modern translations take that phrase, For unto you out. But that phrase, For unto you, carries a lot of weight in my mind because it's for unto you. For because of you, for because of you, born this day in the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ, the Lord. And the angels told the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, for this will be the sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Why was there a birth? There was a birth because there was a barrier. There was a barrier that man could not scale. There was a barrier that man could not penetrate. There was a wall. There was this great wall. It was so big that the wall could be seen from heaven. This separated God and man. You know what's interesting today is that uh, the, 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 the uh, telescopes and all things with the, uh, in outer space now, uh, with all of our knowledge and satellites, from the heavens can look down and pick up the Great Wall of China. From satellite imagery, you can look down and see a wall that was built with the hands of man, the Great Wall of China. Now, you may not have seen the Great Wall of China. For me, as a, as a young man growing up, I, I remember there was a lot to do about the Berlin Wall. And maybe many of you remember when the Berlin Wall came down. My wife had the privilege of going there as a senior in high school whenever that, that happened. And she brought back a piece of the rock from the Berlin Wall. Has in her possession a, a, a broken piece of symmetry of, uh, that, would, that separated nations, that separated people. Now one of the things that God has done this Christmas season was he realized there was a barrier. He realized there was a wall of separation. And that wall of separation divided not only men from one another, but it divided God from man. And so with his own arm, he brought down salvation. Man could not conquer the wall. Man could not tear down that wall. Man could not penetrate that wall. Many of us, uh, may remember one thing from Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, what did he say? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Tear down that wall. It's been there too long. It's divided too long. It's been separation too long. 
I want you to understand something. And when God looked down at man from heaven, he realized that there was a wall of separation. In Isaiah chapter 59, he said, It's not that my hand's too short. It's not that my ear's too dull. But there's a wall of separation. And God said, I'm going to remove that barrier of separation. And how will I do that? Well, Isaiah was also the same one in chapter 7 where he received the prophecy of Jesus Christ that the virgin would conceive and bring forth a child. Thousands of years before the birth, God said, I'm going to remove the barrier by the birth. Religion can't remove the barrier. Man-made theology cannot remove the barrier. Good works cannot remove the barrier, but the birth of Jesus Christ will remove the barrier. Not just any birth, for we know there was lots of births that took place. But it was the interesting birth of Jesus Christ to remove the barrier. To remove that barrier. To remove that wall of separation. Now, let me tell you a couple of things about the birth this morning. Matter of fact, the first thing about the birth that I want you to write down is that the birth fulfilled the promise. The birth fulfilled the promise of Isaiah 59 that God would do it. The birth fulfilled the promise of the virgin that you would call his name Emmanuel. It fulfilled the promise. Matter of fact, let me show you this in your Bible. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. Luke chapter 1. And verse 28, here's what it says. It says, and the angel came to her and said, rejoice, favored woman, speaking of Mary. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled. And you can say amen to that. <laughs> I mean, she was deeply troubled. And at the statement wondering, what could this be? What could this be in this statement? And the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. A lot of people look at that statement and think, oh, my goodness, how wonderful it was that Mary found favor to become the mother of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic. And in some, in, in some religions, it highlight that more than others, some rise let the the level of mary rise more than others and and the level of preeminence that they give her is different than others and people say oh my goodness that mary would have found favor to carry the son of god that's an that's an that's an awe-stricken statement i mean no matter how you look at it no matter what your religion is you look at that and you say my goodness the fact that mary could have found that kind of favor to carry the son of jesus christ now, before you go too far, let me tell you this. That you think it's interesting that Mary found favor. I'll tell you what's even more interesting. Is that we found favor because we needed the favor of God. God needed Mary to bring forth Jesus Christ. It was because of you and I. Hey, have you ever heard this statement? Christmas isn't about you. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever made that statement? Maybe your children. This, this just got the whole gift giving and it's all out of, out of whack and everything's spinning out of control and they're missing the reason for the season. Have you ever made the statement that Christmas really isn't about you? But you know something? It really is. Christmas really is about you. Because if it wasn't for you needing 
the barrier removed, needing us needing the wall of separation removed, then there would have never been a need for Jesus to be born to die. We have to understand, and I know if you've been here very long, you get tired of hearing me say this at Christmas, but we have to understand, number one, that Jesus didn't get bored in heaven. He wasn't a rebellious teenager who needed to sow his wild oats and get away from his father. We have to understand that he didn't get tired of walking around on the streets of gold and decided to go on a field trip down here to planet Earth. No, you need to understand that Jesus was on a mission. He left the portal of glory and the position that he had so that he might put on the robe of flesh because we were in need of a Savior. We were in need of a Savior. Therefore, because we were in need of a Savior, God sent forth his Son into the world to remove the barrier. And to remove the barrier, there had to be a birth. Are you with me? Are you staying with me this morning? So here's the interesting thing. If it wasn't for us needing the Savior, Jesus never would have come. Matter of fact, think about it this way. In John 17, in the Lord's real prayer, here's what he says. And now, O Father, restore to me the glory that I had with you before the world ever was. I want the position back that I left. The glory that I left, that I set aside. For you see, the Bible says this in the book of Philippians. It said, for Jesus did not count it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a bondservant, and became man in the flesh. So that you and I, who were far off, might be brought near by the blood of Jesus. Amen. You found favor. Mary found favor. But Mary found favor because... We found favor. We found favor. I mean, we found favor. Think about how hard it is to find favor. People go down to the pet store to make an adoption. And they go through the process and say, no, I... I don't want that one. It has this defect, or it doesn't look this way, or it's too big, or it's too small, or it's, its hair's too long, or its hair's too curly, or that's a yappy bark, or that bark's too deep. I mean, are you with me? God looked at us with nothing good to offer, and we found favor. We found favor. My friends, today, that's an overwhelming thought. That's an overwhelming thought. To think that I found favor. That I found favor when I was breaking the heart of God. When we were caught up in sexual immorality. When we were caught up in greed. When we were caught up in jealousy. When we were caught up in anger. When some people were caught up in murder. When we were caught up in all these iniquities. God looked at us and said. That's a barrier that has to be removed. Therefore because I found favor with man. I'm going to send my son Jesus into the world. And I'm going to mess up some things. When he comes. Now let's look at those things. For you found favor with God. She was deeply troubled. Do not be afraid. You found favor with God. And then he says now listen. Now listen very carefully. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give the throne to his father. 
of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And to his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary the angel asked, I mean, Mary asked the angel and said, how can this be since I do not know a man, since I've not been intimate with a man? And the angel replied to her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born who will be called the Son of God. A family of grace. It's our goal. God removed the barrier between man and God. So that we might be the children of God. At Family of Grace we looked at great detail last week. That it's our desire to remove the barriers between men. That still exist. Not between God and man. But between man and man. And, and, and today it just seems like the more we turn on the news. It just seems like there's all this racial tension. And all this stuff stirring up in our country. Trying to divide men and set boundaries and barriers and all these things. At Family of Grace it's our heart's greatest desire to overcome those barriers. And to do that. To, to do that and identify with different cultures, with people who grew up with different concepts of God or, or their religion and, and these concepts, we have decided to major on five essentials. And that if we could agree on five essentials, five essentials, if we could agree on those five essentials, then we could have charity and love and compassion in all the other areas. And the first one of those essentials is this. It says... The second essential is, the first essential is that the, the word of God is without error. Because if we don't believe the word of God is without error, then where do we go? We pick and choose what theology we want. The second one is this, that you have to believe in the immaculate conception. You have to believe in this verse right here. That the Holy Spirit came upon Mary with power. And she conceived supernaturally. So the first thing about the birth is this. That it reveals, it reveals the fulfilling of the promise of God. That God made a promise that I'm going to remove the barrier. And that Christmas morning that Jesus came forth and was wrapped in those clothes and laid in a manger. That Christmas morning marks the day of symbolism of the beginning of the removing of the barrier of Jesus Christ. Now, the removing of the barrier didn't just take place with the birth. He wasn't just born and the barrier was gone just like that. It was the first step. You see, Jesus not only had to be born of a virgin, but he had to live a sinless life. He had to die a sinless death that had the weight of the world's sins placed upon his shoulder and had to be completed with the resurrection. It's the whole finished work of Calvary. But the birth of Jesus Christ was the beginning of the removal of the barrier so that man who was unholy could have access back to a holy God. Now, as we think about this, the birth fulfilled the promise. It fulfilled the promise of Isaiah when it said the virgin would conceive and give birth to a son. It fulfilled the promise. It fulfilled the promise that to the kingdom of David, there would be no end to his throne. It fulfilled the promise not to David, not just to David, but to, but to Jacob. And not just to Jacob, but to Abraham. And all the way back. Because God is a covenant-keeping God. God keeps covenants. Man may break covenants, but God's a covenant keeper. God 
doesn't determine whether to keep his covenant based upon how man keeps a covenant. God is a covenant-keeping God. God looked at us when we were hopeless, helpless, and overcome with sin. And he said, I love you enough to send my son Jesus to planet Earth on a mission to seek and to save those which were lost. Not only does the birth fulfill his promise, but you see, the, the conception, the conception would highlight and be a picture of the supernatural. The arrival of Jesus, his birth, the way he was conceived, would be a picture of the supernatural promise. The arrival, however, would be natural. The conception would be supernatural. The arrival would be natural. She gave birth naturally in a stable. Man could identify with the way that Jesus was born in a stable. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She swaddled him in some clothes and laid him in a feed trough. It was a natural process. So with one hand, the conception would be supernatural. On the other hand, the birth would be natural. Why? Because what God was doing was he was connecting the natural with the supernatural. And God had to become man in order for man to get to God. That's why in the book of Romans it says that God is just, man is unjust, but Jesus became the justifier. That with one hand he would reach out and grab hold of God, with the other hand he would reach out and grab hold of man, and for all of those in the middle would have access back to a holy God even though we were a sinful man. Oh, you see, my friends, today what I want you to understand is the birth is not the, the, the birth of Jesus fulfills the promise of a supernatural conception, but it fulfills the birth of a natural delivery. The second thing the birth fulfills is it not only fulfills the promise, but it displays the power. How can this be, Mary said? How can this be since I've never, ever known a man? They didn't understand it. Joseph didn't understand it. That's why he said, I'm going to put her away secretly. And then the angel came to Joseph and said, don't you go do anything stupid. I'm at work here. That's my translation of it. She is conceived with the Son of God. Now you man up and do right. And Joseph did exactly that. He did exactly that. You see, it, it, it not only displayed the fulfillment of the promise, but it displayed the power. Look at this in the book of Luke, if you will, in chapter 2 and verse 8. Here's the power a little bit further. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 2. It's an awesome passage of Scripture. In the same region, there was these shepherds who were staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And the angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were afraid. Amen. Amen. I mean, you're just out there in the middle of the field, quiet night, holy night. <laughs> all of a sudden, an angel shows up in the middle of the heavens. I, I mean, that, I don't care how holy you are, that'll terrify you. Amen. And they were afraid. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim for you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people, do you see it? Now let me just stop right there. For all people. Why is it that if for all people, 
we seem to categorize that so much and make Christianity so small. But God said it was for all people. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ our Lord. Those passages of Scripture. And then here's what it said. You shall go and find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then after this, it says all of the heavens lit up. And all of the angels begin to rejoice. Singing glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Now, I tell you what. If that doesn't demonstrate the power, I don't know what else does. The power. It was the power to overcome the natural. It was the power to overcome the natural progression of sin with the delivery of the supernatural by a natural way. Let me say that again. It was the way that God would overcome the natural progression of sin in a supernatural way by a natural way. (laughs) That the supernatural and the natural would be joined together and have a head-on collision in the womb of Mary. The holiness of God would be found in the womb of Mary. She'd deliver that baby, bring forth him, raise him up to become the sovereign Savior, Jesus Christ. Not only does it connect the natural and the supernatural, but and the, his birth display his power, but the birth would deliver his presence. It would deliver his presence. The Bible says this in Luke 2, 15 through 20. Look at it, if you would, for just a moment. And when the angels had left, they hurried up. They said, let's go straightway to Bethlehem. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feed trough. And after seeing this, what was reported unto them, the message they were told about the child. And all that saw it or heard it was greatly amazed. And the shepherds said to them, but Mary treasured these things in her heart. Verse 20, it says, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Listen, the birth fulfilled a promise. The birth delivered the power. But more importantly, the birth did something more than fulfill a promise, more than deliver the power. The birth delivered his presence. That God became man. Not 50% God, not 50% man. It's not like Superman, he could put on God and take off God. And it wasn't like he could work his little magic or go in a closet or go in a phone booth and come out as a super sovereign savior. No, he was all God and all man. The God man. And his presence came near. And all who came in his presence was changed. The shepherds were changed. The shepherds left all they had to find the Savior, the baby. Not the Savior, to find the baby. They left their livelihood to find the baby. Then they left, and everybody they came in contact with, they told about what they had found in the presence of the baby. In the presence of a baby, they found the presence of a holy man. God with skin on. Wow. What a Savior. What a Savior. Maybe you're there at home and you're saying, Pastor, what do I do? 
right where you are. Pray the prayer that we walked through earlier. Nail it down with Jesus. And then find you somebody. Contact us. If you're too far away, contact somebody in your city, a church that you can identify with who will help equip you and strengthen you to be all that you can be for Jesus. Make a difference for His kingdom's sake.